This episode of the Lutheran Cartographer is brought to you by the Ron Paul Homeschool Curriculum. If you're looking for a good curriculum, check it out at lutherancartographer.com homeschool. The Lutheran Cartographer, episode 32. Welcome to the Lutheran Cartographer, the podcast where we explore what it's like to be Lutheran in different places. I'm your host, Nicholas Weber. Today we are going to the First Lutheran Church of Boston to hear from Pastor James Hopkins. Pastor Hopkins, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you very much. Good to be here. So orient our listeners geographically. We are in Boston in Massachusetts, correct, on the East Coast? Yep, that's exactly right. So that's uh, northeastern Massachusetts, uh, which is also, you know, northeast of, say, New York City. I think it's funny, like, people kind of, they think they know where New York is, and I don't know if they know there's a whole bunch of countries still east of that. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about yourself and how you came to Boston. Sure. Uh, So I have been in this parish, First Lutheran Church of Boston, for about a year. Uh, Before that, I served uh, a congregation on the South Shore, which is just a lot of the area south of Boston uh, as you get near the water. Uh, Lutheran Church of the Way. I was there for four years at a seminary. I went to uh, Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne. Before that, uh, I worked uh, for the Defense Department and uh, I was in the Marine Corps. Uh, I worked in the intelligence field. Now I am a a commissioned officer in the Navy. I'm a chaplain for them Mm -hmm. Uh, in the reserves. This is my full-time thing here at the church. I see. And I'm married and my wife and I have uh, three little kiddos, uh, ages four and under. Wonderful. So tell us a little bit more about um, how we do, we'd compare and contrast Boston with some of the other places that you've been. Yeah. Uh, are you talking about like where I've been in terms of parish ministry? Uh, no, in general, either in parish ministry or like in your life. Yeah. So I've always, at least in my adult life, been uh, kind of a urbanite, a city dweller, and uh, Boston seems to fit the mold of living in, you know, major cities or metropolitan areas. Uh, I lived in Chicago when I was in grad school. I lived in D.C. when I was working for DOD, Um, and then also, you know, West Coast and uh, overseas a couple of places. And it it has that general feel, uh, by which I mean a historical rooting in Western Christianity, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, one that's taken a, dis- taken a decided turn in another direction. Uh, so the usual kind of restaurants, stores, universities, um, largely secularizing, uh, if not all the way there. Okay, that makes sense. So where let's talk a little bit more about Boston. What are some of the best things about being there? Huh. Um, speaking as a churchman, I think one of the best things about being here in Boston is, uh, gosh, it's got to be a tie between the opportunity for uh, real proclamation of the gospel to a place that genuinely doesn't know it. And, uh, another thing, and maybe we'll just kind of talk about this more later, I don't want to preempt that discussion, but this is, I'm from the Midwest, I'm from Chicago land area. Mm-hmm. Um, 
almost you don't really be a Lutheran out in Boston on accident. It's not a simple matter of heritage or ah, I I grew up here and I grew up in this place or this is what uh, so-and-so in my family did. And I guess I just don't really feel like looking for anything else. There's not a criticism of, of, you know, Midwestern Lutheranism or, or anything like that. What I'm trying to say is that uh, it is harder out here. Mm-hmm. Uh, people don't know what a Lutheran is. I mean, in the Midwest, it's kind of taken for granted. You know who a Lutheran is. Uh, and here they really don't. And so that means a lot of education uh, can happen for the community. But the people who are here are here very intentionally. So there is a, the Lutheran identity is strong and distinct. That and makes sense. So to put it another way, you'd say that it those that are Lutheran in Boston are being very deliberate about it? Absolutely. That makes sense. Okay. Well, let's talk about the, the flip side of the coin. And you've t- touched on these things already, but let's dive in a little more. What are some of the, the challenges about being in Boston? I'm hesitant to say that being in Boston is distinct from being in so many other places. It used to be that uh, a lot of the secularization that we you know, like to complain about is limited to like cities and major university centers and stuff like that. I don't think that that's really true anymore. Uh, there is a finer point on it in Boston, and I think it's perhaps more strongly enculturated. I think folks see the church out here, and they're just not sure what to do with it. And when I say folks, I just mean kind of your, your standard person walking down the street. Um, if I walk down the street, you know, in a, in a clerical collar or something like that, I'm getting looks like they're not quite sure what to do with me. Who is this strange person with the strange costume kind of looks? Yes, yeah. Um, and there are there are some, you know, uh, there there is a strong uh, Roman Catholic heritage in Boston, uh, so I get fathered a lot. Uh-huh. Um, and, 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 that, and that's nice in terms of, like, people kind of recognizing the clerical estate, uh, but other folks just are not sure, because um, this is not a way that clergy really dress in Boston. We have a lot of uh, Unitarians, uh, a lot of Congregationalists, and so on. Uh, so I really look like I shouldn't be here. I see. Okay. So let's dive in and talk about what it's like there to raise a family. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm only I'm only really four years into it, so uh, profound experience is not yet mine. Sure. Well, even so, I mean, your con. Do you know what the experience might be like for your congregants, or? Oh, sure, sure. Well, I mean, I can still speak, you know, for myself too. But um, I don't know how much of a trend it is in the rest of the country right now. But in major cities, and perhaps especially Boston. Um, if you're going to have a family at all, you're having one kid, maybe two max. Mm. Uh, so even just three kids, for example, we get stared at like we are starting a commune. <laughs> just walking around like with three kids. Um, like, I mean, my, my wife has, has been asked, like, aren't you done yet? 
like three kids is like you you would have thought that we were some sort of a cult for having three kids. Oh my. Okay. And maybe there are places where that's much different, but uh, I'd say a family uh, tends to be smaller, and there's and there's actual passive social pressure to have small families, and uh, sometimes that just happens by chance you have a smaller family, you know, mm-hmm. um, or by providence, I should say. But uh, there seems to be a very much different Lutheran ethic going on. Um, I will say the Lutherans buck the trend in Boston on that. And a, a result of it is that we actually have a very young congregation. Um, I think our average age right now is about 30 or 31 years old. Mm-hmm. So we're about we're between 180 and 200 on a Sunday in you know non-COVID times, uh, and the place is is just bustling with kiddos um, because again we we kind of buck that demographic trend for the really small families. Um, so it's a really uh, vibrant place, and you can feel that when you walk in, and visitors feel that when they walk in. I mean, I think something that's different for them probably is not only the otherness that is the divine service, but also seeing uh, whole families with several children uh, is not something that you see out on the common. Yeah, that makes sense. Do you ever find that some of that culture begins to seep into your own church of of uh, not understanding the the blessings of many children, or is that something that you have to, to teach to? Uh, no, I, I really think that it's, it's kind of a cultural stamp here, uh, that this is something that we understand, mm-hmm. uh, as the church, uh, as Christians. And I, I teach about it in so far as, you know, it, it's a thing that I'm, I'm happy to celebrate. Um, and we rejoice in, uh, this aspect of our congregation congregation's life together, because it wasn't always this way. Uh, It is my understanding that, you know, 15-something years ago, perhaps, um, there were only a few kids in the Sunday school, and that the Lord has just really, really blessed to this congregation and its families, and uh, where we've we've grown and grown younger, and that's been really, uh, really fun for us. That is fantastic. So tell our listeners about what options there are in terms of education. Are there Lutheran schools around? Do you know what the public schools are like? How liberal is Massachusetts in its uh, homeschooling laws? What would you say to somebody who's who's wondering about education? Sure. Uh, I think the obvious thing in terms of options for education is uh, when people think of Boston, they think about higher education first. So there are Uh, I think we are really the university center of the world. I think there are more schools per square block or square mile, however they're measuring it, than anywhere else on the planet. So this really is an epicenter for higher education, and that's reflected in our congregation. We have a lot in the the academic field, in the medical and biological sciences. Um, It was joked, but it might be true that I think there are more PhDs than uh, bachelor's degrees in the congregation. Um, I, I, I haven't, I haven't, uh, gone and broken it all down, but anecdotally there's something to it. 
Um, so that is something that draws a lot of people here, including Lutherans. Uh, there is not a uh, Lutheran school presence out here. It's a really hard thing to get going in New England. I believe there is one Lutheran school in Massachusetts, and like out west in Springfield, uh, that area. And then uh, there is a, I think it's a K through eight up in New Hampshire, which usually when we start talking about up in another state, that that's quite a ways. It's actually not that far. Uh, our own parish administrator lives in New Hampshire. Uh, and, and just comes in for work every day like I do. Um, but no, this is not a Lutheran academic setting. Um, I think that our closest u- university has also got to be uh, Concordia Rocksville, is mm-hmm. uh, all the way in New York. Uh, and, and that is a bit more of a hike. That is, you're looking more like four and a half hours or so. Um, the Public schools uh, are, you know, in the state of Massachusetts, generally rather liberal. Uh, my interaction has not been high yet, aside from going to town meetings and talking with some school administrators. Um, you're going to find us uh, more on the forward edge of liberal trends in education. Um, the And obviously we don't have like a voucher system or, any, or anything like that. Uh, in the city of Boston, public school happens by lottery, so you don't just pay high taxes and move to a particular neighborhood because you think that your child is going to go to a school, a good school because of the zip code or something like that. Um, we They go off a lottery, so you you may end up in what you consider to be a great school, and you may end up in what you consider to not be such a great school. Um, and that's, that's just kind of the way it is in city limits. Um, and then I think you have an option to change some years later. Um, and we do have uh, congregants whose children are in the Boston public school system and who are thriving and who uh, are there. And, they, and they, they do very well. They're faithful and, and because their parents are faithful. And they know how to learn and they know how to uh, prioritize and help instruct their child and know what is good, right, and salutary and what's not. Um, we do have also homeschoolers. Um, my wife and I are homeschooling, and we have not found that, uh, in talking with others, even before our kids are, our, our oldest is only old enough for like kindergarten level stuff, uh, but we've been part of a homeschool co-op before that that meets up, and we have not encountered uh, major obstructions to homeschooling yet. Those are coming, uh, of course. Uh, I think there was some a recent uh, paper that came out of Harvard where they were uh, lambasting uh, private, or sorry, homeschooling, and thought that really it's just the schools who are capable of doing this such uh, of, of educating children, uh, but. Such is to be expected. Certainly, yeah. That that thing out of Harvard and their uh, the um, convention they were going to hold. Uh, one of the panelists they invited uh, had the audacity to say that the parent-child relationship was created by the state. So yeah, definitely not good things coming out of that. But <laughs> hopefully, uh, hopefully they will be thwarted. 
We'll see. Let's take a moment for a word from our sponsor. At this time, a lot of parents and grandparents are considering keeping their children at home when the government schools open back up in the fall, and I would encourage you to do the same. If you're looking for a curriculum, I would recommend checking out the Ron Paul Homeschool Curriculum. This will teach your children well how to live in the left-hand kingdom with classes in business, natural sciences, as well as college prep, in addition to all the usual subjects that you would expect from any curriculum, such as mathematics and history. Best thing about this curriculum is that it is self-directed after the third grade, so you don't have to pull your hair out trying to stay a step ahead of your children in the curriculum. If you're interested, I'd recommend checking it out at lutherancartographer.com homeschool. That's lutherancartographer.com homeschool. Let's get back to our guest. All right, so let's talk a little bit more about, we started to talk about this, about how when you're walking down the street, you get really strange looks for your clericals. Let's talk about what it's like to be Lutheran in Boston. Let's talk a little bit more about that. Sure. Well, I think there's so many angles to talk about it. One of them is just actually just being a Christian and living a Christian life and doing Christian things and what that's like in the immediate kind of experience. So uh, I'll start where everything else ought to start, and that is sun- Sunday morning. And I'm going to talk, I'm not talking about like our COVID modifications or anything like that. I'm talking about, you know, service and life in general here. And one thing that's wonderful about being a Lutheran in Boston is that people actually don't know much about you. And a lot of the time they don't presume to know too much. Um, and there's a curiosity. So uh, we are situated quite advantageously. Uh, First Lutheran Church of Boston, our actual property where we worship and so on. Uh, we're at 299 Berkeley Street, which is uh, tucked very neatly between uh, the Boston Common and the, and the Charles River. And we are really just a one block from the public gardens, which, you know, maybe your listeners know, like make way for docklings or something like that. Uh, so we're in the, in the back Bay neighborhood, uh, which is uh, a lot of restaurants and dining. And we're also a block from Beacon Hill, which is the state capital. Uh, so we are uniquely situated to get a lot of attention even passively. So on a Sunday morning, for example, between services or after service or whatever, uh, we will typically congregate in the courtyard and we'll have coffee and snacks and so on and just be together. And the looks are not ones of uh, critique or dissatisfaction, but when you see people walking by as they do on, on a Sunday morning and into the afternoon, I think they're stunned to see that people actually go to church and actually like being together. Perhaps it's that I'm booked on Sunday morning. But one one thing I see about uh, with a lot of other churches, at least in our neighborhood, is I don't actually see people going there uh, for all these you know very uh, liberal uh, institutions, both those are that are nominally Christian and those which are not. They happen to be endowed to the moon and back, but people aren't really going. Um, And this is a place that is vibrant and full and young, and we actually like being together, and we're we're open, and 
that is a really interesting thing that, that if you look, everybody who walks by looks into the courtyard. And they look and they see what's going on and they're they're curious. It doesn't they have no context for it. It doesn't really make sense to them. Um and quite often that is something that brings them into the building or opens up a conversation. And that and that's a really great thing is the amount of exposure that we have creates a lot of opportunity. That's really good. It is. Now, there are challenges, too. I mean, in terms of what's it like being a Lutheran in Boston, uh, you know, you think about where our people are placed. Uh, something that goes along with having a lot of folks in the congregation who are in academia or who are uh, medical professionals or what have you is that uh, you are going to find that these people uh, have their positions in you know, what we're just going to refer to as very liberal institutions uh, in the hard sciences and the soft sciences alike. Uh, so places that are going to be openly hostile to Christian doctrine and navigating your public life uh, and, 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 you know, giving an actual defense of, of the faith is something that uh, a lot of our folks really are challenged with uh, daily. Yeah, so a lot of our listeners are in the same boat, whether they're in um, one gentleman we talked to uh, from Silicon Valley, he kind of deals with the same thing. What would your general pastoral thoughts be for for those that are struggling with how to navigate their workplace uh, or just their lives in general faithfully in the midst of all this um, very alien culture. Yep. Uh, I think one of them, you know, it's so contextual and people's situations are so different that it's hard to give general advice. But one of them that I give, it, one thing that I'll always say, and sometimes it needs to be said and sometimes it doesn't, is in your environment, in your professional environment, that you should be endeavoring to uh, be kind and be merciful and make real relationships and one, that's just a good thing to do in general. And two, you're going to find that uh, having those real relationships with people is something that allows for a discussion. Because simply being an outspoken Christian, uh, absent of any relationships with people, uh, it may be faithful, but it will not likely be beneficial to the people around you. Yeah, so kind of the idea is would you say that it kind of you want to make sure that when they think your coworkers think of a christian they think of you instead of a caricature and when they think of you that should be something positive yes okay that makes sense all right so let's talk a little bit more about boston in terms of the good things to see and do whether it's restaurants, museums. If you have a friend coming into town, what are a few things that you'd recommend? Hey, you got to check this out. Yep. Uh, the first thing you got to do is you got to come to the First Lutheran Church of Boston. Absolutely. And you got to come to the Divine Service on Sunday. We are uh, blessed among, I mean, we, ha we have just been really, God has taken very good care of us here and is using us well. One of the things that he uh, has done here and what the congregation has really uplifted is our music ministry because Boston, and this does speak larger 
to the city is it's a very musical city. You think of things like the Boston Symphony Orchestra, BSO, uh, the Boston Pops and all that. We're very musically, artistically inclined here. Uh, you got your Berkeley School of Music um, and so on. Um, well, here at the First Lutheran Church of Boston, uh, we have, uh, in my opinion, uh, one of the best cantors in the Missouri Synod in Dr. Jonathan Wessler, uh, who is our, our called cantor. And uh, we have, and he he plays what is regarded by many to be the premier Bach organ in the Western Hemisphere. Um, we have a building that was just absolutely designed uh, for sound. Uh, and if you want to hear the earth shake when we when we play Isaiah Mighty Seer and find yourself in the throne room there, uh, th- this is this is a good thing to do. Uh, so come come join us for Christ's gifts of word and sacrament, and you will find them beautifully ornamented with the music here. I think it, it, it equals anything in the city. A- after church, there's a lot to do as well. Uh, the first thing and the easiest thing to do is going to be to take a walk here on the in the public gardens in the Boston Common, uh, which is just all the beautiful uh, open green space that we have uh, I don't know. I've never been to New York City in a meaningful way, so people might compare it to like Central Park or something like that. Though I, I'm sure it can't near, be nearly as big as that. Uh, but this is an absolutely beautiful, really well kept public garden area for people to walk, and and you can see the city from a different perspective, right? You you're not just looking up. Um, I have my own personal favorite parts of Boston. Um, Boston is very also in addition to being you know really musical and artistic and all that it's it's a strong history particularly when we think about the American Revolution Paul Revere uh, you want to go to the North End the North End is the uh, historically Italian neighborhood uh, but there's also a lot of the the Revolutionary War history there uh, the the Old North Church for example you know one if by land two if by sea and the the north end is just a great place uh, to walk around, soak up history, and get some cannolis and uh, and, and pizza and all that. Uh, it's my favorite neighborhood of the city. Uh, you can go to Southie too. Southie is our uh, a more historically Irish neighborhood, mm-hmm. and, and and I mean that very much. It is. Uh, um, it's getting a bit gentrified right now, uh, but it still has maintained a lot of its of its old feel. Um, you know, my, my and and that that's just a living legacy here in Boston. My own plumber is literally a, an Irishman named Patrick, and uh, he, he's great. He, he's at my house right now, but uh, he'll come and work. He's like, "Oh, father, what do you what do you think? Are you gonna you want to pipe this out to the backyard?" Because you got too many things running out to the backyard right now, and and I'm, that's not a character. That is what Patrick sounds like, and uh, <laughs> uh, so that's that's a fun neighborhood too. Uh, and then the, the Back Bay here. The Back Bay is just kind of like your any usual big city. What you're going to find, I liken it to Chicago's Mag Mile uh, and Lakeshore and all that, um, where you got your high end restaurants and bars and and stores and stuff like that. Okay. Uh, I also love our aquarium. We've got a great aquarium. Uh, that's my kids' favorite. They love to go see the penguins. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so the the aquarium here in Boston is fantastic, and then uh, going to, yeah going to to catch the BSO Boston Pops. There's a great outdoor pavilion uh, on the Charles River here. There there really is something for everybody. Yeah, it really sounds like it, and that's that's a very impressive list for people to check out. Thank you for for showing us all those things. So now, oh yeah, uh, and by the way, quick excursion to Plymouth, Plymouth Rock, uh, just along the water south of town. All right. Good deal. So we're coming up quickly on the end of time, and I want to make sure that I give you the opportunity to point our listeners to the things that that you would like to, your church's website, places to follow you online. Where would you like to point our listeners? Oh, sure. Thanks. Yeah, well, our website is flc-boston.org for the First Lutheran Church of Boston. Uh, We are the, you know, historic church of the Lutheran Hour. Um, Walter A. Meyer, uh, uh, who... You know, the the father of the Lutheran Hour was sometime uh, pastor here. He conducted ministry to uh, initially to uh, German POWs, which were being kept in the area, and that's really interesting. Um, so yeah, you follow us on on Facebook, uh, but yeah, the church website has everything uh, that's uh, links to a lot of our music and preaching and the liturgy here. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Yeah, and feel free to please pop in when you're in town. Give me ahead of time so uh, I can talk to you about the Lord's Supper. And uh, we'd love to have you in Boston. Uh, I, I don't know if we're going to get our normal summer bump of people visiting. Um, I think in, in the summertime, our average is about 15 visitors on a Sunday. Wow. Um, from out of town and... We'll, we'll see if that happens this year. But if you're coming, and we hope you will, uh, uh, call ahead let us know. All right, good deal. So could you give us just maybe a, a minute, of, since we are in these very strange times, where is Boston at in with the uh, coronavirus situation? Are you guys opening up, or is it pretty locked down at this point? Yeah, Boston has a four-phase, or sorry, I should say the state of Massachusetts. Massachusetts has a four-phase reopening plan, uh, the fourth phase is a little confusing because it says it depends on vaccine or treatment. So I don't, I mean, we're not guaranteed either, either of those things. So I don't know about phase four. Uh, we're in phase two right now, which has uh, churches opening at 40% of capacity, which which will work okay. We've added an outdoor service in our courtyard as a uh, something for like our people who are older or immunocompromised. And it's also a great touch point with the city. Um, since people were looking in our courtyard anyway, we might as well let them hear the gospel too. Some restaurants are doing outdoor dining. That's a little bit trickier in Boston where space is at a premium, as you might imagine. But in your burbs, you're getting a lot more outdoor stuff. Um, and people are outside a lot. Uh, that's the biggest thing that's going on right now is that they're not sheltered in their homes the way they were initially. Um, so I can see signs of life and I hope that that continues to increase as our uh, death and infection rates decrease. Yeah. All right. Pastor Hopkins, thanks so much for your time today. What are your parting thoughts for our listeners? Um, God just calls us to be faithful wherever we are. And uh, there are some places where we are are very comfortable doing that and some places that kind of pull us out of our comfort zone. Uh, This is one of the places that pulls us out of our comfort zone But if God is calling you here for work or for school um, or, frankly, anything else, uh, just 
uh, come here and be faithful with us, be strengthened by God's word and sacrament, because the though circumstances might change in the world, depending on where you find yourself, the way that God cares for you and sustains you and keeps you faithful uh, do not change. Absolutely. Thank you again. God's peace. God's peace to you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Lutheran Cartographer. For more about the things that we talked about today, including all those links to all those great things that Pastor Hopkins told us about, go to the show notes page at lutherancartographer.com slash 32. I finished up a fun project recently that I encourage you to check out. If you go to lutherancartographer.com slash map, you can see a map of all the different locations that we've talked to people from. Really cool. Really enjoy that sort of visual representation of where we've been before. So I encourage you to check that out at lutherancartographer.com slash map. Make sure that you're subscribed to the show on iTunes or Stitcher so you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, I'd appreciate it if you'd leave me a rating and a review so that more people can enjoy this podcast. Also, too, if you're in the market for a homeschool curriculum, I recommend you check out that Ron Paul curriculum that I told you about. That's at lutherancartographer.com slash homeschool, all one word, lutherancartographer.com slash homeschool. Until next time, I'm Nicholas Weber. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon.